Miami just got that all-important verbal commitment from Samson Okunlola, but we still have five days until the early signing period actually starts, so I got one question. Who's next? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I woke up this morning to a tweet from Bruce Feldman really puts things into perspective as to what Mario Cristobal is trying to build through recruiting right now. Miami now have three of the nation's top 20 recruits committed for the 2023 class, including two five-star offensive tackles, Francis Maui Goa and Samson Okunlola, and the number one cornerback in Cormani McLean. That's as many five stars as the Canes have landed in the previous eight classes combined (laughs) doesn't that say it all right there it's taken Miami eight previous classes to get three five-star players committed Mario Cristobal has already done it and you know that's probably the last five-star to come in but I I never say never at this point let's bring in our expert John Garcia Jr. head of football recruiting for Sports Illustrated so, John, I mean, uh, that's probably it for five stars, right? I think there could be some four stars who might still come in. Yeah, I think there's still plenty of room uh, for the Canes to add to this class. But look, you never say never, right? I mean, this this era of recruiting is as fluid and ever-changing as as we've seen in, in any of our lifetimes. So, yeah, until the dust settles on Wednesday, you feel like you've got a shot for everybody at this point. And why not? Uh, Miami is recruiting – as well or better than any program in the country, uh, especially in a smaller window. So, yeah, their confidence should be at an all-time high for, for this staff and fan base alike. Every time John Garcia joins us, he's brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So we have a lot of future targets to talk about, but l- let's talk about the Pancake Honcho. Um, so this uh, this recruitment, it became a roller coaster near the end. I don't know how much of that re- was reality or just kind of the smoke and the rumors, but John, within the last couple of weeks, it really looked like the Gators might get him. And then within the last couple of days, Michigan State made, from what I understand behind the scenes, was a really heavy late probably too late push to land the pancake on show so how close do you think florida got and how close do you think msu got before he ultimately picked the u those are great questions alex i think it's kind of the gift and the curse of being the leader for such a long time you know remember going back to june the miami bus started to build in a very strong way towards oakland lola and then he went on this it feels like a four-month stretch with no visits, no other schools really being able to push in. We heard Ohio State, Alabama, Penn State, 
trying to get in. And then Florida became that first school to get in. And then they got two visits out of him. So, yeah, I think Florida had very real and tangible momentum. His family was able to get down to Gainesville as well. Florida got the last visit on top of it and the last official visit. So I think that one felt more like a classic Florida versus Miami battle. And it was a matter of Miami holding off its big and longstanding perceived lead versus Florida chipping away at it. Michigan State was the wild card to me. That was out of left field, late swing, big swing from what I hear. And they're doing it with other prospects as well. They just flipped a quarterback recruit, I believe, from Washington State. So they're swinging big late in the cycle. Of course, they hosted Samson for a summer official just like Miami did. Uh, and they were always kind of the other school in it, right? Uh, we heard a lot of fluctuating schools. But but Michigan State was one of those that that hung around. And obviously, when he dropped his top four, there was Sparty. It, to the surprise of me and maybe some others, there was Sparty, not Ohio State, not some of these other schools, Oregon, that were in it. It was Sparty. So I, I do think it was real over the long haul. And I do believe, as, as you also heard, there was a big late swing for Michigan State. So again, it, it's kind of the gift and the curse. You want to lead and, and land these kids, but the process from A to B is, is kind of stressful at that same light. Uh, so it was really about Miami holding off. But ultimately, as Samson has said, it's just the belief that, A, this O-line is going to be overhauled immediately. We've already basically seen it, right? And B, the combination of Crystal Ball and Alex Mirabal together is always going to have an opportunity to not only showcase offensive linemen, but develop them simultaneously. And that belief is almost independent of the the record, on-field product, trends, momentum. O-linemen are their, are their own beasts, if you will, in recruiting. And this group has clearly bought into that with Okanlola as kind of the de facto ringleader now that, that he is officially on board. So I think that was where other schools were, were clearly going to negatively recruit Miami. But that internal belief, especially at that position, was just too much – for a kid like that to pass up, but he absolutely did his due diligence and kept his ears to the ground on anybody that was willing to pitch him something different. And, you know, you've had the opportunity, John, to scout Okun Lola during his junior and his senior seasons at Thayer Academy. Uh, can you tell Miami fans what sort of a player they can expect? This, this is a, a blind side left tackle of the future. This is the almost a prototype. I, I would say six, five, 305 carries it incredibly well this is as well put together a 300 pounder as you will find in nfl college or high school football and, and that's the thing he's lower body dominant within that 300 pounds he's a wrestling champion uh and a track star too so you understand kind of the lower body dominance which is kind of scary because to me there's some room for him to, to add some good mass up top so he could end up being this 320 pound wall of of humanity down the line but what what he works so well at right now is what you would expect with that three sport background unbelievable movement skills unbelievable explosiveness at the point of contact and this ability to redirect that shouldn't be possible at that size so it means as a pass protector all the tools are there i think there's still some polish to be had going forward especially relative to the competition that he played against but as a run blocker, I mean, this is as ready-made a prospect in space, in the booth, 
getting to the second level, reach blocking, coming down a couple gaps, whatever you need him to do from a run blocking perspective, he can do it at an all ACC type level right now. He is that athletic and that explosive. And that's why the recruiting battle was so crazy for Oak and Lola in the end. Now, the answer might be both, but who do you think is more ready to be a day one starter or a day one rotational guy, Okun Lola or Francis Maui Goa? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think from a tools perspective and a, an upside perspective, it would be Okun Lola. But based off of his last two years dominating at IMG Academy with a more compact kind of direct frame, I think Maui Goa could see the field first if he's willing to play versatility, meaning can he slide down to guard, which is where we project him at yeah. SI, number one interior lineman in the country. What about right tackle? Some of those kind of um, compromising decisions that young players have to make at the collegiate level. If Maui Go is willing, I think he could see the field first, but I don't think it's going to take long at the same time for Oak and Lola to theoretically join him. And you could theoretically put – each at the tackle spot, Okanola at left, Maui Goa at right, and and kind of build from there. And that's the beauty of recruiting elite players. Uh, it's going to force competition amid that overhaul that we talk about on the offensive line. And again, there's going to be a lot of teenagers on the field for the U. Not not the best thing overall for winning yeah. and losing, but for the long term, it's absolutely going to be a critical point. And uh, not surprisingly, for Mario Cristobal, it's going to start up front. Well, this has been just a tremendous uh, six-day stretch here. I mean, going back to last Sunday, Chris Johnson, the four-star running back committing to Miami on, uh, what was it, on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, we got the uh, the Ruben, I think it was Tuesday night, the Ruben Bain commitment, which was huge, Okunlola on Thursday. But, guys, keep it locked right here. Alex Dono alongside John Garcia Jr. from Sports Illustrated. We're going to talk about who might be next because – there's some exciting official visits happening this weekend. There's also some, you know, alarming non-visits. A couple players I thought would be on campus this week may not be on campus this week. So we'll talk about who's in, who's out, and who's coming in right here on Locked on Canes. Guys, if you're looking for action and the best possible information to make that action, you got to check out our good pals at Bet Online. I'm on the website every single day, guys. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball, World Cup, man. we got the finals coming up. We've got it all set at BetOnline. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So per uh, rivals, actually, sorry, per 24-7, I know they don't want me to mix those up, uh, but per 24-7, these are the official visitors that Miami is expecting. And guys, they're could possibly be another one on this list. Um, it's being kind of kept hush-hush right now because we're not sure who's going to come and who is. And by the way, I don't know who that 10th person might be, but there's talk of maybe a mystery visitor. But here's what we're looking at. Uh, a lot of these are already committed to Miami, which I think is a really good thing because sometimes your best recruiters are the recruits themselves, right? So I'm glad these guys are coming. Antoine Jackson, I'm very relieved because we thought he wasn't going to use his official He's using his official. We've had him on potential flip watch, but he's looking more solid now than he has been. 
Wide receiver Robbie Washington will be here. Defensive lineman Joshua Horton. Linebacker Bobby Washington. Edge rusher Ruben Bain, one of the newest commits. Uh, and I think unofficially we are expecting Emery Williams. He's already used his official, but the quarterback is expected to come on an unofficial. And Collins Achiampong is going to come on an unofficial as well. Uh, those are all Miami commits. And here are, John, the, uh, the players Miami is trying to grab. Running back Mark Fletcher, offensive lineman Javion Cohen, who's an Alabama transfer, defensive lineman Thomas Gore, who's a Georgia State transfer, and wide receiver Dante Thornton, who's an Oregon transfer. Let me talk first about Cohen, since we were just talking about the offensive line. Uh, how do you feel about Miami's chances there with Javion? You know, he, he's had a ton of interest in the portal, yet really Miami's already dominating the conversation before he officially arrives to check out Coral Gables. Uh, so I think that is something that is is perking the ears up already. Um, again, there's when it comes to offensive linemen under Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal, who deserves his own layer of credit that he probably doesn't get because Mario is such an O-line guy, these are the players that you're always going to have to, if you're another school, battle for because Miami's going to hold that perception of my head coach is an O-line guy. You know, so I think that ju it just changes so much of the trajectory when you're talking about recruiting offensive linemen. But business-wise, as we talked about, it's an overhaul, right? I mean, Javian Cohen would be your best lineman immediately, would he not? That's if, a, gr if that's a great point. I think he would be. I mean, maybe, maybe him or a healthy Zion Nelson if he can ever get healthy. Right. So I, I think I think those are, are very um, advantageous uh, opportunities there for Miami. So... I don't believe Cohen's taken any other visits. This will be his first. Um, look, this is a kid who grew up in SEC country and went through the experiences on that end of his recruitment. One time Auburn commitment flipped to Bama there at the end of his recruiting cycle, had a bunch of other schools in it. But Miami's going to offer him something different, uh, the opportunity to play in a little bit more of a pro style scheme, we think, and and certainly have that opportunity maybe for him to play offensive tackle. I think that could be a big factor as to why he's considering Miami and, and some other schools relative to leaving Alabama, where he was uh, a starter at guard for a very long time, really over the bulk of the last two seasons. But coming up, this was a, hey, I want to play tackle kind of kid. Uh, he was a longer, leaner player uh, as a prep standout uh, in Phoenix City, Alabama. So he always envisioned himself at offensive tackle. It's never that simple, but I do believe uh, the positional versatility at a minimum uh, could be something that he's looking to explore with, with other schools. And obviously the, the door seems open at Miami right now. Uh, and now he's taking the visit finally. I think that's the biggest thing. We thought it could be last weekend. And then, okay, it's pushed off. Does that mean someone else is swooping in? Not necessarily just pushed it down to this weekend instead. So I do think this could be a situation that moves um, pretty darn quickly uh, for both Cohen uh, and Miami, naturally, you know, there's a huge need still for the Canes, even though this high school offensive line class is so darn strong. We know the portal offers, you know, an accelerated pace. Uh, so I think from a priority standpoint, Cohen will feel it at Miami as much or more than any other school that has reached out. And I believe that's why they're getting the first visit. And, and it could be, in all seriousness, it could be the first and last visit. Uh, as far as we know, I think it could move that quickly although again there is no shortage shortage of interest in cohen who's got multiple years of eligibility and that positional versatility and experience to his name 
That's right. Um, you know, another one of the names on that list I know people are eager to hear about is Mark Fletcher. And this is this is another battle with Florida. Yep. You know, obviously Miami maybe has done one. maybe the last one. Yeah. Miami yeah. has done outside of Jaden Rashada, Miami has done exceptionally well in the head to head battles with the Florida Gators. And I know that with Fletcher, there's been a lot of confidence on the Gators side uh for the last three or four weeks ever since he decommitted from Ohio State. Um, you know, I think obviously with the way the Okun Lola recruitment went down, where there for a couple of weeks there was spiked confidence from the Gators, and then we saw how Cristobal was able to diffuse that situation. I don't know, kind of, and obviously I'm a little biased towards Miami. I'm covered in Kane's gear from head to toe, <laughs> but I, I kind of wonder if the same thing could happen down the stretch with Mark Fletcher. Uh, what are you hearing about his recruitment? I'm, I'm hearing the door still open, and I think that is the biggest key going into this final weekend because for a brief time as you mentioned there was a thought that not only would Fletcher commit to UF but he might leave campus last week and with that official visit as a Gator commitment didn't happen kept the door open uh playing for a state title game Friday night by the way so busy yeah. times for Fletcher um so I think he wants to get that uh, ahead of him uh, before he could really focus on the, the official visit to Miami and then ultimately make this, this in-state decision. Um, obviously from a familiarity standpoint, he's been to Miami a bunch. American heritage to Miami is, you know, is a thing. He's got former teammates down at the U and current teammates that are being recruited heavily by the U Brandon Ennis, Damari Brown, et cetera. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of Miami conversation within that program. And there really always has been. So there is this sense of, I got to see it through. I got to vet it out, even though right now today, as we speak, yeah, I think Florida is to be viewed as the favorite here, especially with Miami grabbing Chris Johnson. I think that was a huge grab for the Canes because he was a lot more certain than Fletcher, which feels like a coin flip at best from the Miami perspective. But with that door remaining open, and just like we talked about with the offensive line, the opportunity at Miami is outweighs Florida by a large margin. Florida's bringing back ETN. They're bringing back Johnson. They're bringing back their top two rushers in a run-heavy scheme. And they're bringing in other running backs on top of it. And they've got some in, in, in uh, waiting in the wings. Miami, much more wide open, right? Multiple transfers at the position, a lot of uncertainty at the position, even with uh, some of the youth that, that's on campus. So from the business standpoint, Miami could start to make a lot of sense for Mark Fletcher, who isn't a guy who's used to sitting on the bench. This is a four-year high school starter, even at American Heritage, who's been coveted and prioritized everywhere he's been. That, that's hard to shake uh, in, in some respects. So I do think Miami has uh, something in its arsenal. Kevin Smith has recruited him uh, from the moment he got to Miami. Uh, he's, he is a, a well-known running back recruiter with South Florida roots. So I think the hometown feel, the, the opportunity to play early, all that stuff personally and, and as a human will resonate with Mark Fletcher. It's just can it, can it help Miami close the gap? I, I'm not sure at this point. But the, there's a shot out there, and Miami has taken advantage of its shots, even as underdogs, throughout this recruiting cycle. So I'm definitely not counting them out. So when we come back, I want to talk about a defensive back that Miami is competing with for Florida State. Seems like there's a positive trend in that direction. And, you know, I mentioned the name of a transfer portal wide receiver who Mario Cristobal knows very well who's, who's visiting this weekend. We need outside receivers because Miami is pretty much loaded up with slot guys. So we're going to yeah. talk about that right after we talk about the importance of driving sober you know, you're hanging out with some friends. You're putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. Then as the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but nah, 
you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Alex Dono alongside John Garcia, lead uh, head of football recruiting, I should say, for Sports Illustrated. Uh, John, Edwin Joseph was a name that, um, you know, he even talked about it. Miami had kind of cooled off on him for a while. In recent weeks, they've been hot and heavy with the uh, the athlete, but more of a defensive back coming out of Chaminade. Uh, primarily plays corner. This is a battle with Florida State, so they've really had Edwin Joseph feeling the love. Miami's actually going to do a visit with his parents on Friday night, and it's only the parents because Edwin's headed out to Las Vegas to play against Bishop Gorman this yep. weekend, which is a big game for Chaminade. Uh, what, what can you tell me about Edwin's recruitment right now and if Miami can make up some of that ground that they had lost to Florida State? Yeah, this one has fluctuated a lot, and I think that's good news for Miami, right? He has been open and receptive to swift changes in his recruitment. Remember, he was kind of a late riser. He was a guy that everyone knew about, but the bigger schools hadn't jumped all in on really until the end of the summer or early fall. So he's he's played that waiting game before. Uh, so I do think that helps Miami's uh, attempt to try to grab him late, uh, pull him away from the clutches of Florida State. Uh, a lot of schools have been in and out uh, in this recruitment. Uh, we, we heard Auburn. We heard uh, um, a couple of other schools in the SEC. There were a couple others jumping in, in addition to FSU, and the hurricane. So pivoting back to the U, I, I think is is something that could very well happen. Um, Edwin has versatility, two-way guy, but from the beginning of Miami's recruitment of him under this staff, it was always about the defensive backfield. And I think that's where he feels most comfortable about his upside. So that being reiterated to his parents and through him uh, digitally or however they're communicating, I think will be important to Miami. And he's also admitted to me and others in interviews like, Hey, that's the crib. That's still the hometown school. So if there's a, a program that's going to have a chance, maybe despite being up and down with him, it would be Miami. And, and again, we keep talking about it. These are huge needs for the Hurricanes, not only in this class, but, but on that current roster, which has had so much turnover over the last 12 months or so. So I do believe that that could be a, a big late play for Edwin Joseph. FSU is recruiting great right now. Um, they just had him on campus for an official visit after the state title win up in Tallahassee, which was kind of lucky for FSU, but they certainly took advantage of it. Uh, so I do think it'll be a, an uphill climb for Miami. But again, that that heart pull, that hometown pull is still something to resonate with, especially under Mario Cristobal. That was that was business order one for this coaching staff. Keep South Floridians in South Florida for their college ball. And you're going to swing big late in the game for the Mark Fletchers and Edwin Josephs of the world, even though you've really never been the perceived leader for either. 
So, um, you know, it, it looks to me like Miami is on the verge of striking out with Conrad Hussey. Uh, I was hoping that the four-star safety out of St. Thomas Aquinas would be visiting this weekend. It looks like he will not be visiting. So he's, I guess he's either going to stick with his Penn State commit or Florida State could be a possibility because he did just take a visit there. So I probably cross Hussey off my list. Um, you know, Miami has four scholarship safeties returning. I'm feeling better about Antoine Jackson now, you know, sticking with his commitment but you know when when brian ballum <coughs> excuse me went in the portal and came out of the portal i thought that was a football decision but it sounds like it might just be an academic decision he's going to finish his diploma next semester at miami and then he might go right back in the portal so miami's gonna be really thin at safety so john my question for you is do you think edwin joseph is he versatile enough i know he favors corner but do you think he could play safety Absolutely. You know, Miami has kind of made a living on these smaller instinctive safeties from, you know, from South Florida, right? Cam Kinchins is, is an All-American at this point. Coming up at, at Northwestern, never the dynamic guy, just the guy who had that nose for the football and made plays, which reminded you of the last smallish safety to do it at the U, Jaquan Johnson. Same deal. Never physically freaky from an athletic standpoint, but just smart instinctive uh, played within his role and had that nose for the football Edwin has a lot of those same traits it comes from his two-way ability right he's not considered the first or second best receiver at Chaminade but you go watch them play and they may be the, they may be the best team in the country he's making plays on offense just as much as Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader who are the elite receivers and then on the other side of the ball it's the same thing a lot of it is based off of just sheer football mentality and playmaking ability. So he's a little bit leaner uh, than Kinchins and Jaquan when they got to the U. So I think that would be the next step for him. But a nickel hybrid safety type projection is something that could work because of the intellect and the instincts plus athleticism that Joseph brings to the table. Chip on your shoulder kind of kid, just like we've talked about with those other two. So that could be kind of a trend uh, for Miami, these smallish safeties to balance out with the the freaky James Williams is of the world that are, you know, six, four, six, five that has worked in the past. And I think Joseph could be a bit of a bridge to that happening again uh, under Mario Cristobal. I'm glad you mentioned James because uh, we found out he had uh, shoulder surgery. He was yeah. playing through an injury for much of last year, which I don't know, it might kind of explain his uneven performances on the field last season. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully his recovery is is good to go for next year. But that's, you know, that, that, that's another reason why the Hurricanes are looking kind of thin at safety. But yeah, I also want to ask you wide receiver. Miami's got Dante Thornton, Oregon transfer portal receiver. They've got him officially visiting this weekend. He's got the size that I crave, John, six foot five, about 200 pounds. Miami needs more length at that position. How you feel about Thornton and his Miami recruitment? Well, look, I mean, there's no coaching staff. He's got a better connection and vibe with than Miami's, right? Recruited by Mario Cristobal all the way from Baltimore to Eugene. I mean, that that's a trek yeah. and that's trust, right? Uh, and, and Thornton had a huge freshman season, uh, a bigger freshman season under Mario than his sophomore campaign under Dan Lanning. So we were hearing portal buzz really mid-season. Even while the Ducks were this Cinderella story, we were hearing some portal vibes back then. So naturally – the schools that were involved in his recruitment two years ago were the ones that were going to come back up. Penn State, which always recruits the Baltimore area incredibly well, and Auburn, which at that time under Brian Harson was hitting the East Coast 
a little bit harder than we're used to seeing the Tigers. So those two schools have jumped back in the race there. Of course, now Auburn um, guided by Hugh Freeze. They're going to throw the ball a little bit more. So that's something that will resonate. So I think Auburn has a chance to stay in the race. Um, Georgia was was poking around a little bit, as we mentioned, Penn State. But now here's Miami getting this visit, and it's got other coaching staffs on alert because they're like, man, Mario Cristobal again for this kid. So the, the combination of the relationship, the trajectory of the schools involved, uh, and just the need, again, we keep talking about it, O-line, uh, secondary, receiver, huge need for Miami in this cycle and from a size and speed profile, hard to get something more both experienced and interesting than a Dante Thornton. So that relationship will be renewed in person this weekend. And I think it becomes a Miami Auburn battle. Do you want to go with a bit of a roll the dice uh, with, with Hugh Freeze and Auburn and, and, and fill a big need there? Or do you go with a little bit more familiarity, at least from a, a personnel standpoint, under Mario Cristobal and, and become a potential starter uh, down at the U. So I think that's going to be a fascinating receiver battle because both programs are going to present plenty of playing time along the way. So we have uh, uncommitted players on official visits this weekend confirmed. Mark Fletcher, Javion Cohen, defensive lineman Thomas Gore, and Dante Thornton, who we just talked about. I mentioned there could be like a mystery visitor. There's buzz about that. I can tell you it's not Anthony Hill. So I, I can yeah. tell you it's – that, that, that was ru the rumors of a leak <laughs> yesterday about that. And then Sarkeesian went on, you know, damage control. A Anthony Hill officially verbally committed to Texas last night. So it's definitely not Anthony Hill. He's they got plenty, plenty of linebackers, though. I mean, this is a yeah, full yeah. linebacker class. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. And it looks like, by the way, Stan Quan Clark not expected to visit this weekend as well. So you can potentially cross him off your list. But huge thanks to John Garcia Jr. Make sure you check out his work in Sports Illustrated. Follow him on Twitter at John Garcia underscore junior. We'll talk to you again next week, John. Sounds good, Alex. Thank you. Great stuff as always. And guys, thank you for making us your first listen. Check out Locked On Sports today for your next listen. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you guys next time on another Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.